You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and this is episode number 947. Earlier this year, we introduced you to an outstanding nonprofit organization, the Children's Cerebral Palsy Movement. Their primary focus is to design innovative therapeutic rehab techniques intended to transform the way CP rehab is done in America. Earlier this year, they just completed a study aimed at at testing the efficacy of an innovative protocol and its ability to improve cognition and physical function in children with cerebral palsy, while at the same time providing the opportunity for children to learn to dance ballet. Founder and Executive Director Debbie Fragner is here today to update us on this major milestone and how their focus will now expand to serving children and families with cerebral palsy in our community. Debbie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm so glad to be back. It's nice to have you back. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my company's website, criticalmassforbusiness.com, or if you know someone who would make a great guest on the show, why don't you call or text me at 949 887-4104. Debbie, before we have you update us on the scientific pilot study and your plans going forward, can you remind our audience what prompted you to create children's cerebral palsy movement? You know, I'd really love to do that. Can you imagine, what if you and your wife, what if your daughter asked to learn to dance ballet? You know, what you'd likely do is you'd take her out and pick out the most perfect pink ballet, ballet slippers, and then, of course, you'd plan to clap wildly at her first recital. What would you do, Rick, if your child happened to be one of 500,000 children under the age of 18 in America who have a diagnosis of cerebral palsy? You know, that's a neurological condition that occurs in utero or shortly after birth as a result of a brain injury. And that's exactly the position I found myself in when my daughter was eight years old back in the fall of 2014. Mm. It was at that time that she, you know, she expressed a heartfelt desire to learn to dance ballet. I knew that it just couldn't occur in the community as we knew it. And so that really prompted me to set out and research how I might possibly be able to make my little dreams girl, my little girl's dream come true. That's not that long ago. I know this year you've covered a lot of milestones in building an entire organization and a nonprofit. So can, can you tell me a little bit about what else, in addition to the, the testing and the trials that you've just completed, but what else have you been doing this year to kind of get your, get your organization to this point? Well, as I mentioned, you know, it all started with a dream, right. a child's dream in the fall of 2014, which compelled a mother's heart to then do research, which uncovered a very big gap that I discovered a national gap in terms of how cerebral palsy rehabilitation was happening in America. And I found that so very appalling that there was virtually no national funding for CP rehab. Why? Um, You know what? There has been, there's been no one of any celebrity status that has stood up and drawn attention uh, to the diagnosis for many, many years, and therefore money has not followed. And as a result of which, once children age out of the system at age 18, they start into a steady decline of, you know, poor health, chronic health, isolation, etc. And I was just so horrified at that 
that I suddenly went from being an advocate for my own child to right. being compelled to stand in the gap for all children. Uh, and so since research was the key and research is what was not being done due uh-huh. to lack of funding, a famous doctor said to me, Debbie, build the field and they'll come. And so as crazy as that uh-huh. sounded, I became committed to that and decided to start um, my own nonprofit with the intention of designing, funding, and implementing innovative rehabilitation for children with cerebral palsy. But in order to do that, I needed to pull together a really fabulous team uh, to, to make that happen. So Long story short, we received our legal status as a 501c3 nonprofit in February of this year mm-hmm. and uh, designed this innovative study. Had Just after we had designed this innovative protocol, uh, the academic and medical communities caught wind of that and were very eager to collaborate with us. And I knew a good thing when I saw it. So, of course, we agreed. Right. And lo and behold, early July, we started what was a six-week um, intensive therapeutic dance intensive uh, in collaboration with UC Irvine, Chalk Children's Orthopedic Institute, and Chapman University. And that involved nine students, okay. nine boys and girls, boys with, and girls with cerebral palsy. Okay. What was that experience like for those individuals? What- well, you know what we did? You know, the entire thing was, of course, bathed in science and scientific measure because we needed to capture the data right. that was going to translate into, you know, multiple scientific papers to compel the National Institute of Health to fund CP rehab research going forward. But what it looked and felt like for the children on a daily basis was that they were being able to indulge their passion Mm. to learn to dance. And, Rick, what I saw for the first time in years is I saw children meeting other children with a similar diagnosis. I mean, that might sound crazy to you, but we had never befriended anyone who had had cerebral palsy. So you had these little budding relationships forming in the class and in the hallways. And then you had these parents standing outside, you know, sharing notes and and building relationships and sharing their trials. That's really important. It was, it? it was just, you know, it was, Really an amazing thing to me. I, I have to say it was kind of an unintended consequence, right. if you will, right. of, of the research. You know, when, when we went into the research, my mind was just like so laser focused on doing the best of class gold standard research that we could. But as I was in the process, I saw the real demand that existed within these families that the children had this need for friendship, for socialization. They needed an outlet to be able to go and partake in a physical activity that was previously thought impossible for children with cerebral palsy. And then there was the need of the parents to, to want to have friends and support and in need of education and resources. So as this was all going on, I thought, Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is Phase 1 is the research, the right. pilot study. Phase 2 has to be a community a program. Community. Right. Cuz it's such a natural basic need. I mean, as you're describing it, I can I can imagine what it was like both for the children but also then for their parents to find a kind of a support organization and a sense of belonging and shared interests. So, I, I believe in the power of peer learning and this is a peer example of bringing people together. So, Kudos to you. And you brought together quite, I remember when you invited me to an event, must have been in May or 
I don't remember, April, May? April, yes. Okay. The caliber of the people that were there that were behind your cause now, I thought, and I still tell the story, the impact that one individual can have. One committed, determined, type A driven person such as yourself, how you can rally a group of really talented professionals to work on a common cause. And it's cross-discipline between music and physical therapy and ballet, etc. I mean, it's just a wonderful testament to the ground you've covered in a very short amount of time. So I'm excited you're back here. Thank you so much. All right, Debbie. Um, So what's next? You know, as I mentioned, you know, the the study is now over. It actually ended August 24th with with the children performing uh, in front of their families and the community. (laughs) And I have to say there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was beautiful. But, you know, as we're now waiting for all the data to finish being analyzed, uh, some of the data has has been analyzed Uh um, that has to do with executive function that is cognition and it's looking extremely promising and there's going to be a scientific paper that uh, is presented at Oxford University on that in 2017 and then it's still going to take about another two months for all the gate data to be analyzed but what I'm really thrilled to tell you today is that starting this Friday um, Children's Cerebral Palsy Movement is going to be launching our community program. Okay, it's an odd growth of the... Absolutely, so we're translating the best practices um, that took place in the in the scientific lab, if you will, into a traditional dance studio in Mission Viejo. Wow. Families will be there able to watch their kids dance in the same safe and successful supported environment that they did at the university. And while the children are dancing and making friends and indulging their passions, we're going to be providing education, resources, and a support group, support group right. for the caregivers, which that. is just How many students? amazing Because you, you had nine in the original? We had nine in the original. And as we, as we start going into the community program, we're going to be able to host six kids to start with because what you may not realize is that since children with cerebral palsy often present with balance issues or maybe right. unable to stand or walk on their own, each child is going to have two professionally trained doctoral of physical therapy students there to assist Mm. and facilitate their movements. There will be other physical therapists in the room, professional dance instructors, and of course, a live musician because we adamantly believe that live music can prime neuroplasticity of the brain. That's amazing. All right, Debbie Fragner, we're going to take a short break. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us live here on octalkradio.net, don't go anywhere. Literally, this is like 60 seconds. And if you're listening to us on a podcast, I would ask that you indulge the uh, the short uh, sponsor since that sponsor is me. And we'll be right back with Debbie Fragner after this short word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I told you we'd be back quickly. All shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, 
several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our radio show podcast. You know, since we started doing this in 2009, we've reached several hundred thousand listeners through our live stream and these podcasts. Simply type in these four words in your favorite podcasting software. Those four words are Critical Mass Radio Show. And you will be able to get our weekly updates with interesting guests like Debbie Fragner, who is who's built an organization. Frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I I, um, I said that in the first segment in the first block, and I and I mean it. You know, she's the founder and executive director, probably unintentionally. I mean, you didn't you didn't know that you would go to this extent. I think to to have Maddie realize her dream, but as you as you learned more about what was needed, you realized someone needed to step in. And, you sort of self-volunteered for that. Have you've dedicated how long to this campaign? To this, you know, I've dedicated a year and a half of my life on uh, working around the clock on strictly a volunteer basis, just because I'm so passionate about this, and I feel like I'm leaving a legacy not only for my own child, but for all children because they're worthy, and somebody needs to to stand in the gap. Hey, right. And in the in the first segment, you said there are a half million people in the United States with cerebral palsy. Is that, is that no, correct? No, there are 500,000 children under the age of 18. Oh there are gosh. actually nearly 1 million people in America with cerebral palsy. Right. And if I remember correctly from the event, um, I'm recalling some of the conversations. One of the things that I heard is that you're really looking for, you, you use neuroplasticity, so you use some very impressive words, but trying to help science, music, medicine figure out, is, are there different ways to help the brain respond to movement, which is what your your organization is all about, and how does music influence the brain in a way that maybe traditional therapies for, for people with cerebral palsy hasn't been able to affect? Is that, is that fair to say? You know, that's, that's absolutely a, a very good description. What I want to tell you that I found when I dug into my research in that fall of 2014 was I wasn't really finding much in the way of cerebral palsy, and so I started looking around into other you know, adjunct disease groups, and I was finding very exciting things coming out of stroke and Parkinson's rehab because, of course, there's a lot of money going toward that research. And what they were discerning is that if you take a physical activity that someone is highly motivated to do in the presence of live music with repetition and frequency, that neuroplasticity or rewiring of the brain could occur. So they were seeing physical and cognitive improvements in those sort of rehab patients. And I thought, oh my gosh, we we must translate this into the world of cerebral palsy. We, and this could potentially help us transform their futures. Right. And, I remember at the April event, the musician who's a part of your community, his, I'm sorry, his name's... Yes, his name is Mike Garson. You know, because we felt so strongly about the role that music would play in this, um, I went directly to the source, uh, befriended a fabulous organization called the Music Heals Project, and one of the co-founders of Music Heals Project was Mike Garson, the 35-year piano man for David Bowie, of all people, who has an inherent belief in the healing power of music told Mike about what we were doing. He was absolutely excited, and because this is his act, too, is to really, you know, work on the healing power of music 
and and what that does in in bodies and minds. And so he came alongside and he actually composed some original pieces exactly. for us. One of them that you got to hear was called Maddie's Waltz. Um, butterfly dreams were others. And so we incorporated his original compositions into our therapeutic dance protocol. I was so impressed with him because he's also working with, with organizations who are looking at children with, um, autism Absolutely. and how music can help them as well. So he, this man is, he's a rock and roll, uh, piano player, but he's a music composer and he's such a talented, artist in his own right and for him to give some of his gift to your cause as well as other causes speaks volumes for the kind of people that you've been able to attract to this organization in a very short amount of time well thank you i think you know something that i just feel so grateful for is i've been able i've learned a big lesson and that is to choose your traveling companions wisely and i've I've been able to do that fairly well, and it's been really, really important to create very strong strategic alliances in the medical community, the academic community, and within my disease group, because ultimately, for us to transform the way cerebral palsy rehab happens in America, we all need to be willing to put our own selfish desires aside right. and we need to put the children first and i'm all about putting the children first and, and i think um what i've learned from getting to know you and learning how hard you've worked at this is it's it's not terribly different ladies and gentlemen than a entrepreneur who has a startup company they're trying to get off the ground the amount of energy that it requires of you the the to get this movement going and then to sustain it is enormous right i mean it takes I think it's, thank God you have what seems to be unlimited amount of energy, but but it's required, I think, every bit that you've had, and maybe some more than you've had, even to give it sometimes, I think, you've had to put into this. You know, it's been, as I mentioned, I'm doing it on strictly a volunteer basis, and you know, it's been an around-the-clock sort of sort of job for me, in addition to caring for my um, for my handicapped child and so one of the one of the needs we actually have going forward is i'm really hoping that you know interested people will come alongside with you know professional skills in marketing nonprofit legal pr special event planning social media all of those sorts of things right. so that they can fill in some of the gaps because there's just far too much work for for one person to do well if there's if there are a million people who have cerebral palsy and, and it seems to me if tell me if i'm correct in this way that some of the there wasn't money going into research because people sort of the medical community sort of felt well this is what you have this is your life and the best we can do is to maybe try to help you to develop some motor skills but at a certain point it's sort of a it's a condition that you're going to have for life. And what you're trying to do with cerebral palsy movement is say, no, we can do better than that. Is, am I putting words in your mouth or am I being accurate? No, you're, you're not, you're not at all. As, you know what? You're right. The way the medical community has, has behaved for eons is that they've said that cerebral palsy is a static, non-progressive condition. But what we're saying is no, the human brain is capable of healing and we believe and we're trying to prove that cerebral palsy is a diagnosis not a destiny so ladies and gentlemen hopefully you you pick up on that point of distinction because again it, it takes me back to why i'm so impressed with you because it started from a need to satisfy the pain that you felt to help your daughter live a more rich life and to just do something that she wanted to do and look how look at the look where you are so far right Right. And the impact that you're having with really no 
education about this behind you. I mean, you, you're learning as you're going, aren't you? I mean, you're, you're, you're attracting people. I mean, you're a successful business executive, but you're in a whole new world now here with scientists and musicians, and, and, and you're bringing them together against a cause that could have really lasting positive impact on many people's lives. Changing the way we see a disease or a, or, or a condition is, that's huge, Debbie. So you sort of said the help that you could use, but what else can the, if somebody wants to learn more about your organization and volunteer and get involved because they have a personal belief that what you're doing is the right thing, how do they reach out and find you? Well, how they would find me, I'd love to give you my cell phone, which is 714-746-4085. Say it again, please. That's 714-746-4085. I can also be reached at my personal email at Fragner, which is my last name, F-R-A-G. N-E-R, Fragner, at AOL.com. But let me not forget to mention that since there is no national funding for CP Rehab, that this is all being done as a grassroots effort. And, you know, the pilot study that we've just completed was completely funded by the private donations uh, raised by Children's Cerebral Palsy Movement. And so as we as we transition into the community program, we're in desperate need of funding uh, for, you know, angel givers to come alongside and to help us with that. And, of course, we're now ramping up as well for a larger clinical trial, uh, wow. which we hope to take place in 2017. You're an amazing person. Thank and you. it's great to have you back. I love what you're doing, and, and I'll keep an eye on you. Keep me informed. Let me know when you're doing things like this so that we can hear a Critical Mass Radio show. We can stay on the pulse of the fine work that you're doing, Debbie Fragner. Thanks for being a friend of the program, a part of our community, and continued growth and success. And I really would hope that people that are either listening to us live on OC Talk Radio today in the stream or maybe as a podcast on iTunes, if you have some extra time and treasures and you, you're looking for a good, high-impact thing to do, I can't uh, stress enough children's cerebral palsy movement. It would be a great place for you to lend your talents and treasures. So thank you again. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you for inviting me. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this segment of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to uh, thank our engineer for, for today, who is Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show podcast or the firm that I lead, my company's website is simple criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.